Good morning, ladies. This week is going to be Parsha's Kairach, and I decided this is a Parsha I've done in the past, and we all know about Machlaikis. There is a few little things we can learn from the Parsha, and I've decided instead to put them for the end of the class today and speak for with something a little bit more positive for all of us. This week is Rosh Chodesh, and I thought we would re- connect with what the idea is of Rosh Chodesh in general. I'm just adjust my thing because I don't think it's adjusted well. Okay, that's oh, not good either. Okay, so we're going to, uh, the basic, I wanted to give three different approaches to the concept of Rosh Chodesh. There's many and they don't contradict each other and they're big lessons for us and something for us to think about when Rosh Chodesh will be here. And if we have time at the end, I will add on some thoughts about Parshas Kairach that we haven't heard before. So good morning, thank you all for being here. And we're hoping for the Refuah Shlema for Devar Rivka Bas Richel and for Frumahana uh, Bas Chaya Bela and also for Chana Bela Bas Malka. And we had some anonymous sponsors this week. Thank you all for sponsoring. We have four questions to ask about Rosh Chodesh. Question number one, which I'm sure a lot of people have always wanted to know, is that if you've ever analyzed the months of the year uh, that we're dealing with these days, the months are primarily Persian. Um, all the months of the year, according, uh, according to the Ramban, all the months of the year are Persian, except for Nisan and Iyar. They're, they're Babylonian. Why would Jewish people have as the months of their year? <laughs> why are we using those, those languages versus the Hebrew language? We know in the Torah, they're just called nine numbers, the first month, the second month. But when we get to naming them, we are given these Babylonian or Persian names, which were introduced in the time of Bayez Shani. Why? That's a good question. We'll, we'll figure out that has to do with Rosh Chodesh as well. Number two. The first mitzvah in the Torah that's really given to the Jewish people that was thought of being given to the Jewish people was Rosh Chodesh. Rashi tells us in Parshas Bo, Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Lo Torah Really, the Torah should have started with the first mitzvah of the Torah should have been Rosh Chodesh. Shehi mitzvah rishona shehitzavu bo Yisrael. This is the first commandment given to the whole Jewish people. There are other mitzvahs given previously, like bris milah and, and, and getting married and having children, things like that. There, that's when in Bereshis. But the first mitzvah given as a nation, the whole Jewish people was achaydesh azahi lachem. Why? Why was that the first? Usually the first is like a root for something. The Vilna Gaon says, the entire root for the entire Torah is in the first seven words of Parshas Barashas. Or I said, if people don't understand that, it's in the first Pasuk of Barashas. So we don't understand any of that, but there is something. What's this root that, 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 that Rosh Chodesh is like the main thing of the Jewish people? Third question is, why do we count according to the moon? Why are we so obsessed by the moon? The rest of the world counts the sun. Why do we count this unusual way? And the fourth question is, it's definitely, it's right there in the partial with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. What does it have to do with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? We'll just say that as a more of an aside, because we're here to really discuss, we want to understand the whole concept of Rosh Chodesh. We're also here to understand how, what can we, what lessons can we practically get from Rosh Chodesh every month? 
Okay, so to answer these questions, wonderful ladies, let's start out with Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Zechot Sadek Lebracha. He tells us that at the time of the Second Temple, Bayez Sheni, now the Bayez Sheni, the Second Temple was not like the First Temple. The First Temple, we had Nevua, we had, there are much many, many more miracles occurring during the First Temple times. Second Temple was not on the same holy level. And the language the Jews spoke at the time of the Second Temple was Aramaic. They only spoke different Torah in Lashon HaKodesh. And that's very interesting. Like, why would they only speak different Torah in Lashon HaKodesh? You know, in Mitzrayim, the Jews never changed their language. Like, why did they suddenly speak Aramaic? Well, Aramaic, it has holiness to it. Maybe it's like the equivalent of Yiddish. <laughs> that, um, you know, that, uh, that, that it, it's like in the Gullahs, we speak Yiddish versus Hebrew because it's like a Yiddish language. We don't want to use different Torah, you know, Sam to, to talk. Um, but the, why, why did we speak in that language? Why did they choose to speak in Aramaic? It's, it's something very interesting. Years ago, I went to the Living Torah Museum in New York, a fantastic place. I don't know if it's still open, but if it is, it's everyone that lives in North America should venture to go there amazing place and um you know really brilliant lectures there they have a model of the base of Mikdash, the second base of Mikdash, a replica really unbelievable and in the entrance when you'd walk into the base of Mikdash, there was a sign above in persian to appease the persian government in the base of Mikdash itself unbelievable incredible why did we have these foreign languages so says Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky that the Chachamim did not want the people to think that the Geula was here already. So that's why we count the months with these uh, mostly Persian names, except we said for Nisan and Ier, because we're supposed to remember that we are still in Gullus. He says that's also the reason perhaps why the Chachamim did not say too much when they had a whole Hasmonean dynasty of kings, the Hashmonaim. They had kings that were there that were Kohanim. They weren't, they weren't from Shevet Yehuda. Why? Because they were wanted to, they didn't want the people to have an uh, option to think that Mashiach is here already. You know, we have to, we have to remember we're still in Gullus. And there's, there's a thing for that. There's a, a reason to remember we're still in Gullus because that, thereby we will still yearn for the Geula. Uh, so that, okay. So, so that's the first question of why these months are in these languages that we mentioned. Okay. Now, the, probably the easiest reason why we have Rosh Chodesh is, is, a, is something we could think about whenever Rosh Chodesh comes. This is brought to you by, I saw this in the Lekato from uh, the Alter from Slobodka. He mentions that, interesting, that so the, Alter, the Alter tells us that Chazal say, Adam counted by the sun, all the, our forefathers counted by the sun, but after Mount Torah, Hashem bestowed the power upon a basin to set the times for every holiday, every Rosh Chodesh, everything. When we have Yom Kippur, it's because the basin told us it was Yom Kippur. Today, we have a set calendar from the time of Hill. There, I, I think someone told me that after Mashiach comes, we're going to go back to the old way. We're not going to have a set calendar anymore because this there is some kind of compromise in this situation. I don't know what it is beyond me, but um, the the idea that the um, that that we're given a month that um, you know in the beginning of the month that we're we're told that the based in it says what month it is. 
this shows the greatness of a human being, the greatness of a human being. Unbelievable that a human being can bestow holiness to a month. Unbelievable. We find that uh, if a child, for example, is born in a regular month of Adar, like when there's a year where there's no leap year, and his 13th year of, on this earth happens to be where there's two others, he's actually, technically speaking, 13 years and one month until he becomes bar mitzvah. In other words, he's not putting out, he, he's not doing mitzvahs like he's not obligated, he can't lane, he can't do anything as an obligation. Just because the Chachamim declared that that's the Rosh Chodesh, that's Rosh Chodesh Adar base, and he has to wait till the second Adar, and, and because they declared it a leap year and all that, we go by the Chachamim. It's unbelievable. The koach of a human being, a person can go above, above his nature. He has such a power that he can bestow this meaning to a Rosh Chodesh. That's one important lesson of what Rosh Chodesh means that a human being has a tremendous power in the world. He invests a tremendous power and based in is a demonstration of that. And our gedolim are demonstrations that of what a human being can be and how they live their lives only for Hashem every minute. It's unbelievable. So they have a power. Hashem bestowed them the power to, to, to convey upon a chodesh, the chodesh. And we go by the power of a human being. It's something we should reinforce anytime anything comes upon us, a, a yantif or a rosh chodesh. It's because of the power of a human being, what a person can achieve, where a person can go. There's a mission in Perkeavis. This is brought down by Rechaim Mintz, the head of Ura, uh, who you know, is also the, what's it called, the mashkiach of Staten Island Yeshiva. He mentions, says in Perkeavis, Perk Gimel, Misha, Tesvav, Ravalazar Hamodai Omer, It's always a, a thing that people, you know, sometimes don't get this mission so much. It says, whoever uh, doesn't have the right intentions when he's bringing a korban, and a person on Cholomoid who just decides they're going to dress down or they're going to eat peanut butter and jelly on Cholomoid and don't treat it like something with extra sanctity. Now this is, everyone says this, you don't get an olam haba for embarrassing your friend in public. Someone tries to hide his bris milah. And a person who reveals, like gives like a, not a Torah outlook when they teach Torah, they, they teach it with a apikoris type of slant. They teach Torah with not the, the real, true and tried uh, version. Even though this person may have Torah and good deeds, he doesn't have a portion in the world to come. Now, it's really incredible. Certain things we're very familiar with, like if you're teaching the Torah with false meanings, that's that's very, that's horrible. Uh, but not giving covet to Chalam Oed, or, uh, you know, what, 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 how does that equate with, or, or somebody having the wrong thoughts and they bring in Corbin, how is that you don't have a portion in, you have a chalik in Olam Haba, what does that mean? So he brings down, Rabbi Mintz brings down from the Chassid Yaivitz, who says, if you if you put down Cholamite, you were really saying this was given to Basin, and, and you're saying that you don't believe in the power of Basin, that these, these, these days are infused with holiness. And also a bris, you're saying you, you don't think that there's a holiness in the bris. And if you embarrass your friend in public, you're not thinking human being as holiness. Um, 
And if a person shows portions of the Torah, you're saying that, you know, that, 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 that you're saying that, you know, I, I rule instead of Hashem, I know better. All these are saying you're minimizing, you're putting down, especially you're minimizing the greatness of a human being. Malbim Pnei Chaveir Barabim. It's a story that Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach, the famous Sadiq of the big Talmud Chacham, the Rav Yerushalayim, many years ago, um, his, one of his favorite stories was about a big Sadiq in Czechoslovakia by the name of the Baruch Tam. And the Baruch Tam one time did a, he made a, he was going to, his son was going to get engaged to a certain girl, a girl of a very wealthy person, and she was going to support him. And the, they were going to have a fourth that day. They're going to have a Lachaim, a Lachaim, I don't know, it was Lachaim or a fourth, something like that. Anyways, he was delayed. He came late to his own son's Lachaim. And they, the, the Machotin asked him, why are you late? And he said, your own son, you're not coming on time. And they said, yeah, uncle, the tailor is sick. I, I was beside myself. I had to run over there. I had to see what I could do to help. I was beside myself for Yankel the tailor. Nebuch, Nebuch, sick. Nebuchadnezzar says, you're concerning yourself with a little tailor. You care about a, like, that's why you're late to your own son's board because of a little tailor. So the Baruch Tom looked at him and he said, if this is your attitude to small people, because there's no such thing as a small Jew, the Shidduch is over. He mamish stopped the Shidduch because there's no such thing as small people. If we believe that everyone has an Ashama from Hashem, Bishvilini Vraha Hashem could have created the world. One person is worth the whole world. Doesn't matter if they're they're retarded, Khalila, or if they're whatever they are, mentally ill, edge person is a world before of himself. And we're supposed to see each person is so important. We're not supposed to minimize even ourselves. This is a very important lesson of Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh really is a very hidden holiday. What's happening is a little, little moon. That's all we're seeing. But this is a kayacha based in the kayacha of a ben adam, of a human being. This is so valuable to us. We can't minimize it. And we can't minimize who we can be. That's really the kayach. That's why Rosh Zalman felt that was one of his favorite stories. Because that story was showing how Arav finally recognized that every yid is so important. And each one of us has such a power. Rambam says each one of us can be like Maisha Rabbeinu. We get the chalik like Maisha Rabbeinu and Ganadin. Like with our, you know, if you do a mitzvah perfectly, with totally the same shemaim, then you can win that portion like Maisha Rabbeinu. With the kaychas we have, we can become great people. And that's that's how a yid is supposed to view life. And halavai, we should... Um, we should take advantage of that. So that's one thing we can remind ourselves every time Rosh Chodesh comes, the greatness of a human being. So that's one meaning that we should keep in mind when we come to Rosh Chodesh. The second thing we should keep in mind is brought to you by this, this thought is brought to you by the Halege Rabbi Shimshon Pincus, who could have been one of the, he was already a guttle, but he would have become a, a revealed guttle to all of us had he lived. He died before his time in a car accident. They say a new biography about him just came out. Uh, it probably is worthwhile reading, I would think, because he was a very holy man. And it's unbelievable how popular his words have become posthumously, you know, because he really was really something special, the human being, the things he recognized in the world. Now, Roshimshin Pincus gives us a different understanding that we should think about when we think about Rosh, Rosh Chodesh. 
First of all, he connects it with Yitzhiya Mitzrayim. Why was it given right as we were about to leave Mitzrayim? We were given this first commandment of Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Nisan was the first one. And then 10 days later, we had to tie the sheep to our beds to get ready for the Korban Pesach, despite it being the deity of the Egyptians. And on the 14th, we had to sit there, no matter what was going on, and have total amunam bitachan, and um, sit there eating the Korban Pesach and everything with it while Hashem was destroying the Egyptians. So he says, the Yitzhiya Mitzrayim was like the pregnancy of, of Klai Yisrael. You know, pregnancies are always hard. Hashem made the world. We don't understand why, but no pain, no gain. When you have to get, when child gets teeth, they have to have a lot of pain. When they learn to walk or crawl or anything, there's a scraped knee, there's a fall constantly. This is the way we have to achieve something in this world. Somebody wrote diets. Somebody, a very intelligent person, sent to me the idea about diets. It's one word I can sometimes hop, but when someone says to me a whole thing in the middle of talking, I lose my train of thought. Anything, diets, true, no pain, no gain, a lot of, a lot of pain. Um, and, you know, so when we were going through this, we're about to give birth, that birth is the culmination of pregnancy. It's like the ultimate pain. And then finally it gives birth to something amazing. What was the amazing thing we got from Pesach? Pesach reminds us to renew ourselves as a person. And, and then what type of renewal? But what, and what is a person? Shimshin Pincus says, doctor, you know, all the scientists out there, and this is what's going on in the world today around us, the trefa, horrible world that we're living in the middle of. We're told, what is a human being? We're like uh, a giraffe or like an elephant with a head placed in the right position. That's what we are glorified animal, you know, and that the rest of the world is acting like glorified animals. Believe me, they're, they're, they're more animal than human. Any case, but um, we believe that, you know, uh, by the way, I saw this one somewhere, I don't remember, I think it's connected to Pirkei Avis. One of the Bali Musser says, every single animal, including a giraffe, all the animals are bent down. No animal, even a gorilla, like is basically hunched over. Only human beings stand totally erect, why? It's to teach us we have a connection to Hashem, whereas all the other animals are looking that they're, they're earthy. You know, they're, their whole thing is just being their instincts, what they feel like doing at the moment. You know, you feel like another bonbon or peanut or whatever. That's what they're connecting to. But we believe that the reason why we have this unusual stature, not just because of the way our head is on our shoulders, but the unusual thing of a human being different than the animals as we were given a brain. The closest conduit to the heavens that we have is our brain, our seichel is supposed to direct our lives. And, and what is our seichel supposed to do? And that's why for a man, he's crowned with his tefillin right there on the top, not between his eyes, like maybe some other modern, uh, other biblical criticism people, they, because it says Bainanacha, but we know it's right on the top of the head, the frontinelle, the part that develops, that's to teach us we, our mission in life is to cleave to Hashem. That's what we hear. Our head is supposed to connect to the heavens. And that's only unique amongst human beings. The, the, the Roshim Shempinka says that, deep, that, that um, he brings down from Mornavuchim that the Seichel is here to connect to Hashem. That's what we have a Seichel for. Not just to, to think, but think about Hashem. And mostly through speech. Speech is what gets us to think. 
Like it says in Tehillim, Hemanti Kiadaber. If you want to have more Amuna, talk about it. Daven for it, learn Torah about it. Speech is a chibor. It's a connect is equal to chibor, says Rashim Shapikis. What's chibor? Chibor means connection. You know, when Hashem created the world, this I saw somewhere else, but I saw this years ago and I don't remember where I saw it, but it's already been part of my repertoire. Man is the only being that has the power of speech. Speech is what makes man unique. Ruach memalala, says the unclus. A speaking spirit is what was given to man at birth. What is unique about speech? Speech is the synthesis of the physical and the spiritual. The physical, when Hashem created the world, he created it through dibur, through speech. Is When you speak, you're expressing, expressing an idea or a feeling you're concretizing something spiritual. It's like the chibur. It's the connection of something spiritual and you're making it physical by speaking about it. So it has both aspects. And that really defines what man is. We've got the struggle with this physical part of our body, but yet we can, we can elevate it. That's what a human being is destined to do and he can do. And, and that a person can elevate himself and become a higher being through his speech. You speak the right talk. You feel like being angry and instead you speak something nice. You say you should be a bench. You feel like uh, not doing something and instead you do the, the, the positive thing to do. You give somebody positive speech. All those things spread, spread to our souls and we become better people. Now, the idea of the moon, says Hashem Shepinkas, it's analogous to B'nai Israel. The sun is like Hashem, we get light from. And the idea of a moon is that you are a reflection of the sun. When we, when, when you say it's about the Jewish people, what we're saying is moon makes us very, we're a reflection. We're saying, I'm not an animal. I'm not a glorified animal. I'm reflection of Hashem. I have a soul inside of me, a spark inside of me. That's a reflection of Hashem. And I get all my power from him. All my light, all the light that comes into me is from Hashem. And the more we do that, the more we, we do what we're really supposed to do in this life is live L'Shem Shemayim, speak L'Shem Shemayim, and try to act as if we are people with souls and not just glorified animals. When Rosh Chodesh comes, when there is the Molad, what occurs? There is a slight pivot. That's what occurs. The moon slightly turns towards the sun. It's not even a total turn. It's just slightly turning towards the sun. That's Rosh Chodesh. That's what Rosh Chodesh is. And that's why there's a sliver all of a sudden showing itself of, of moon, which is totally sunlight from us, you know, which is reflected back to the moon. Now, what does this mean? The lesson from Rosh Chodesh for us, according to Shem Shem Pincus, is we have to know which way is our head turning? Where do we turn? Is our head thinking about when's the next meal? When's the next encounter with uh, fun, fun, fun? Or when is when am I able to benefit my creator? When am I be able to finally do my job that I should do? How can I give thanks to my creator? And, and where do we get our pleasure from? That's what Shem Shem Pinkus says. Not only where do we turn, but from where do we derive our pleasure? Like the Nasilsa Sharm says, Ha'adam lo nivra ela lisanig al Hashem. The person is only created to have pleasure from Hashem. 
Of course, we need other things to induce our pleasure. Even Yitzhak Avinu, before he gave a bracha to his children, he wanted to have something good to eat to inspire him to hire Ruach HaKodesh. And music sometimes was brought like, you know, for, to, to, to get people out of depression. We need those type of things in our life. But the ultimate that we're supposed to, you know, strive toward is to get closer to Hashem. Gemara Shabbos says, Ezehu El Zar Zu which is the thing that we worship, that we turn to, that we want to derive pleasure from, that is the Yetzahara. And the Yetzahara has a 12 to 13 year advantage over our Yetzahatov. And it's always trying to entice us to, you know, to, 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 to go for ourselves, to think of ourselves versus to think about Hashem. You know, that's what they say, by the way, as an aside, that's what Korach did wrong. He says, he took himself. I heard that this was said the name of the Hassam Cypher, but when I looked inside, I couldn't find it in the text. So maybe it's said by somebody else, but someone told me over this, uh, a good source. And um, he said, means that he thought of himself. That's the beginning of all sin is when we, we take us versus you. Because we're not here. Lola Atzvon Nivra says the Chaim Belajana. We're not here for ourselves. We're here for others to serve Hashem. The more we get out of the me, the more chances we are of chances we have of becoming better people. So we're supposed to reflect from that light, that little pivot. Rosh Chodesh, the chance. Let, let's pivot on Rosh Chodesh. This is a chance to turn our, our, our way of looking at things and what is important to us and what should give us simcha. We should do this. This is where we can, you know, we can change ourselves. But the way to, now, he says like this, the head is the most connected to Hashem. The body is a very difficult thing. The body is like, you should know it today. But to put it onto your heart, that's the big job. How are you going to internalize what you already know? So the Yidden in Mitzrayim tied the sheep on the 10th of Nisan. We have to concretize this feeling that we're going to make the right turn. We also have to do actions that'll put us in this new pivot, put us in this new place. And that action concretizes. Jim Shimpinka says, the thing connecting the head and the body is the neck. The neck is such a gesher tsar ma'od. The neck is such a thin little thing that uh, it, it's, it's, and the damhu nefesh, where is the place of shrita? The neck. That's where everything, you have this big inspiration. And at the moment of big inspiration, to bring it down, it's very difficult to make it real, to make it, you know, that, that's, that, that's not so easy. People like Asaph were buried in the Maras Machpelah. His head was buried in the Maras Machpelah because he had the great impression in the head, but he didn't bring it. He didn't bring it into his body. And that's our never ending battle, not to resemble an animal, but because we have to have this head and the head has got to be turned to Hashem. And we have to try to make that real into our body and make the connection. The Dibur is the Chibur. And that's how we can connect ourselves. So, so far we've mentioned two very meaningful ideas of things to think about on Rosh Chodesh. Number one, the greatness, the potential greatness of a human being, of that all that he could do because Rosh Chodesh was established by Bastin and the power of Bastin and the months were made after Mount Tor by the moon. Now, the third idea 
is brought to you by Rafaim Mintz. And I'm also going to bring something from where those my notes from the Biala Rebbe Shlita. Um, a third idea to, to think about when we think about Rosh Chodesh. And that is, he brings down from the Masil Sisharim, it says in Perak Bav, Kitav Ha'adam Kaved Ma'od. The nature of a person is very heavy. He offers hachomrius gas because the, the, the dust of a person's materialistic self is very heavy. It's really a continuation of what we just said, but it's going to open up another little thing for us to think about. Therefore, since your body is, is physical and we're in a physical world and it weighs you down, a person by nature does not want to work. But if a person wants to merit serving Hashem, he has to strengthen himself against his nature. And he has to be strong, heroic, and he has to be, have alacrity. Because if you leave yourself, you just be au natural, like you were created. Like the American dream, just be who you are, just be what you feel like. The words of the Masil Shisharm, he for sure will not succeed. So we can't be body people, we have to be head people, like we mentioned before. Rechaim Mintz adds on that the real message of Rosh Chodesh, another message rather, of Rosh Chodesh, is renewal. That's what, Rosh, that's what a Chodesh is, it's renewal. It's a renewal, the moon has waxed and waned, you know, like women, because we wax or we vein, but, um, or we're vain sometimes, whatever. But um, the, um, the, the, the idea of, uh, 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 well, the whole idea of all these markers we have in our calendar, Shana, which means Shinui change, Achodesh, which is Lechadesh, to change every hour. Um, although it's, it's external, this makes us aware of the idea that we have to keep renewing ourselves. He said, if there wouldn't be a night, we would not do well in the day. We know that this is going to end. We know the work day ends. We know that all the problems today of the kids are going to end. They go to sleep. You know, whatever it is, it's, it's not forever. That gives us a sense of renewal, that everything can change. Everything can constantly, person should never give up hope for anything. But the idea that Hashem broke down everything into units of day and night, of seasons, of months, Whenever we have a marker like that, here's an opportunity for us to think, we can change. We're not going to be the same person I was yesterday. In fact, Rosh Chodesh specifically has Yom Kippur cotton. People say like a mini Yom Kippur the day before Rosh Chodesh, because it's like Yom Kippur. You can totally be a new person every month. And women specifically have a connection because of our cycles and things like that. We Definitely women have a connection with Rosh Chodesh even before it was given to them. But it's very important for a person to, to renew themselves. It says in the Shema, And these things, The Chavetz Chaim says, when a person views a mitzvah, we should think, you should think that um, this mitzvah, just the one that's in front of me, 
It's only commanded to me. It's only I can do this particular mitzvah and Hayom, only now. Like there's never going to be another opportunity again. It's, it's just for me, it's for now, and it's, it, that's it, then it's over. Person has to realize that there's a, there's a you know, that there's a, we have to, this gives us an incentive that we have to feel there's always can be changes. And we have to make new changes and we have to renew ourselves for Avodah Hashem. It says, every day the Yitzhahar renews itself, so why shouldn't we renew ourselves, you know? Now, it's sometimes hard to be the, the leader. You know, there's, uh, oh, they say, first of all, before I want to say that, sorry. Um, there was um, Ravarin Cutler's, they said you couldn't recognize him. Every, he wasn't the same person. He was always changing himself. You know, great people are always changing themselves. Brings down, if Chaim Mintz brings down in the Nefesh Chaim about davening, he says, Shebechol pam shemispalalim, Every day that we daven, you gram tikunim chadashim besidur halamos vakochos tamshachas mochin chadashim acherim. Every time you daven, you are cor- making corrections in all the worlds with your tefillah. Shemeisha tikuna abias golbim heirav yamenu. That every day, every tefillah you say is never going to resemble another, and it's it's you, little person here on this world. No, no two people's feelings are the same. No two days are the same. No two minutes are the same. Every day, even if you're diving to the same place, the same person, the same everything, you're still making tikkunim every day with your tefillah to the world that are never going to be made before until Mashiach comes. Every tefillah has a new opportunity that will never be replicated. Even though we're saying the same tefillah, no one, is, no one compares to the next, and we are here to make big changes in our life. Unbelievable. A new, a new, a new, uh, you know, and, and this brings a shlamus to the world, not only to ourselves. We have an obligation to improve the world. And that's why we should feel this power of chidush. Chidush is so important for us. Keep thinking, frischkeit. We have to go to Rabbi, Rabbi um, Victor Miller once told his son in law, Rabbi Bragg, when he turned, I forgot whether it was 60 or 70. He, uh, he got up to speak. He, maybe they were, they were honoring him, maybe his birthday or something like that in the family. And he got up and he said, Mifrishkeit. You have to now you have to be fresh. Don't think like, I, so many years already. I, we have to feel every day a potential renewal. And Rosh Chodesh can remind us, can prompt us of that. That's really amazing. Now, they're... Uh, it brings, he brings down a story of, of, that he himself experienced of uh, Chaim Mintz. He says one time he was in a plane and they had to make an emergency landing and everybody with the Yidden in the plane were davening away and it was like tense and everything. And the pilot, you know, had to do some like amazing maneuver and he landed the plane and it was safe. So he felt he had to go up to the pilot. First of all, thank him at the end for the nice landing and everything despite the danger. And he asked him, what were you thinking when you were going through this? He said, you know what? I didn't have time to panic. I had to think to make some, I had to make a new response to such a thing. I never had such an experience before in my life. And I had to think of a new approach to landing the plane like never before. I was so busy being machadesh myself. That's what I'm saying for our translation. I was so busy being renewing myself. I didn't have a chance to panic. Imagine if we could be busy with that all the time. You know, like we get to, all of a sudden, Shem throws us a curveball, so to speak. 
and we feel like there's this new test that we never had before, wouldn't it be good for us to think, okay, I have to be busy making a renewal. How am I going to approach this in a new way than I that I didn't think of before? If we're busy with that, perhaps it could take away from the other things of the feeling of, you know, loneliness or, or just depression or worry that we could succumb to instead. You know, when we do something very special, often it's met, you know, do something new. A new idea is met up with a lot of antagonism. I've read this many years ago in his Sefer, Hadea Vahadibu, Rav Zalman Sarotskan Zecher Tzadik Lavracha. I think they're also coming out with a biography of him in Hebrew. He was unbelievable also, the way he, his Torah is very sweet, just like Rav Shimshim Pincus. Anyways, he, um, all Torah is sweet, but that's, I particularly have an affinity to both of them. Any case, but um, he says like this, question a lot of people ask, you know, as children, we learned that when Hashem created the two luminaries, the sun and the moon. Rashi tells us that the moon complained. You can't have two kings with the same crown. Hashem says, you're right. Lower yourself. So it's a lesson, you know, like if you're going to, if you're going to be wanting your own covet, then you're second place. But the question I always had that he answered for me, Zalman Saruskin, he says is, wait a minute, the moon represents the Jews. We're moon people. We believe there's renewal every month, every month that we only shine in the dark, which means in the world to come or, or in the world after Mashiach, we don't rule in this world. This world is not the world of the Jews. It's the world of the non-Jews. So the question is, why is the moon so put down? The, the moon had to minimize itself. Why did the moon minimize itself? If, if the moon is supposed to represent the Jewish people? It's a good question. The answer is like this. Whenever a person in general, anybody comes up with some wonderful new concept that's going to change the world often beats a lot of antagonism everybody all of a sudden says who says we should do something new it's it's like you know like uh, let's do it the way we've always been doing habit you know creatures of habit look at sarashner for example of ruderman's it's all said that sarashner was the guttle hador if it wouldn't have been for sarashner people wouldn't have had whom to marry she everybody at first thought she crazy like women should be studying torah like what is this you know Women should study Torah like, uh, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not done. It's not done that bad. So the big dolem of the day, the Chavetz Chaim, the Belzer Rebbe, they all said, you know, go ahead and do it. But people weren't ready to accept that new idea. Okay, I'm not, we don't do new ideas. I just say, as another thing, you have to do it with Das Torah, you know, because that's very important. Rav Hirsch did also different things to change the Jewish world in his day, which were met with some criticism. And many gedolim. Uh, went through lots of things when they when they when they you know reached some kind of conclusion. We have to do it with Das Torah if we're going to make any new idea, just like Sarah Schneer asked before she did it, because uh, you know we're not supposed to uh, change the Torah without you know some kind of heavenly uh, approval. But there's tremendously tremendous you know it, it, any new idea of a tremendous potential for great danger. That people are going to all of a sudden, that's what they're going to tell you is minimize yourself. You're going to, you're going to have, and that could be, you could change the world with those ideas, you know, but at first, you know, you may have to minimize yourself to achieve that great goal. Now, the, um, the we're told also, Rashim Shem Pincus tells us that the moment of birth is very dangerous. All of a sudden, a monumental thing is about to happen. A woman's about to give birth and she's in danger and the baby's in danger. At the moment of this great renewal, that's another that, that reinforces that idea 
that, you know, it's not easy renewing yourself. You know, it's hard to break habits. And if you're doing something that's going to renew the world in some way, make a change, let's say Hasidus, look how Hasidus was originally met with great antagonism or anything, the Muslim movement. My goodness, there were Yeshiva Bakram revolting in Yeshivas when the Muslim movement was first introduced. A lot of great ideas like that were really uh, opposed, but renewing ourselves is a imperative. And we have to think of that, especially on Rosh Chodesh is a time to remember those things that we've mentioned, the things that it's the pivot, where are we going to turn? Where's our head going to turn? Our head, use our head, not our, not our, not our Yetzirah, to turn toward Hashem, to find pleasure in Hashem, to, to decide that man is so important, not to minimize ourselves, and also to renew ourselves. Renewal is such an important concept. The Biala Rebbe Shlita from Lugano mentions that, you know, women are very connected with Rosh Chodesh, of course, that when they didn't do the Chet HaEgel, they didn't sin the golden calf. And um, so the women merited to have a connection to Rosh Chodesh. Rabbi Lowy here in Toronto is very big that women should, I, mean, I guess, it, not every woman should go out to eat, he says on Rosh Chodesh, it's your Yantav, you should have some kind of celebration for yourself. But the women are like the moon who rejuvenate themselves. First of all, the whole thing with a cycle every month, that's for sure. But um, the, uh, a woman has a connection to renewal for many reasons. We find women give birth to children and children are, it says, Haben Yakir Ephraim. Children are very beloved by Hashem. Why? So says the Lechner Rebbe, Zatzal, his relative, he says, there's three things we learn from children. They're never idle. They cry for what they want and they're happy when they get it. And that's what we can learn from children that there's, they're renewing themselves, right? Never idle. They cry for what they want. If they have to, they know who they're turning in the right direction. They're pivoting in the right direction. And when they get something, there immediately can be, you know, a child can be upset one minute and right away he turns around. He right away can like in mid, in, give me candy quiets down. I wish we could be so quiet. Just give us a candy and that would be it. And then a candy isn't going to help anyways. It's probably going to hurt everybody's diet. But the, the moon, which is into renewal and, you know, the, um, the, 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 the idea um, women are always renewing themselves. He says even old women are always trying to put on makeup and nice clothing. And he says, and that comes from a holy source. It comes from a source that women bring new life into the world and they're trying to renew that, you know, if we would use it in a, you know, not in a bad way, Halila, but use it, you know, so it's not so bad to buy new clothes sometimes because that whole thing is I idea is we're renewing ourselves. We're showing that the world, you know, we're telling, we're nurturing people around us, telling us, no, don't give up. We have to keep going, you know, and, and this is what we're here for. And he says to give a wife new clothing and Yanta, it's, it's shining on the whole family. It's renewing the whole family when the wife gets her new clothing for Yantif. Like that's because you want that renewal with the Yantif as well. Rosh Chodesh in general, the Ramami Pano says a person gets in a Shama Yaseira on Rosh Chodesh. And there's certain ways that the fires of Gehenna stop on Rosh Chodesh. When it follows the Shabbos, the fire does not come back to people in Gehenna on Rosh Chodesh, because there's something about it that renewal is so important. It's renewal from below, unlike Shabbos, which is a renewal from above, where Hashem like gives you insights and inspiration. Rosh Chodesh, the day that you can renew yourself. It's hidden. We have to renew ourselves. One of the reasons we say in the davening on Yom Kippur, Al Tashli Cheni La'e Zikna, 
it's not like don't let's be old. We're all going to become old. I mean, let's that's Mashiach should come. It's a shame we don't. But what does it mean? Don't be be. Let us be renewed to the last day of our life. Don't let us be old and, and and let us be renew renewing ourselves all the time. Allow us to constantly remember that we have to renew ourselves. That's the main message from um, from Rosh Chodesh. So those are the three approaches to Rosh Chodesh. One approach is that we have to renew ourselves and it's a constant renewal and women tie in very well with that idea. The second thing that man should not be diminished. Man gave the power to Rosh Chodesh through Basin and we have to know our great potential and that's why we have to renew ourselves. And the third thing is where do we pivot from Shimshim Pinkus that our head is the highest part, closest to Hashem. We're not supposed to be like glorified animals. We have to turn and we have to get pleasure we have to turn and make that our mainstay of our existence is the connection we have with Hashem in this world, both in doing mitzvahs and in, in wanting to please our creator. So those are the three main ideas about Rosh Chodesh. And I'm going to just throw in one little thing just to be loyal to the Parsha. And we'll say one thing for the Parsha and then we'll conclude our presentation. Okay, we have in Parsha's Kairach, I saw this from the Shulchan Gavoha, it's brought down by the Hassan Cipher. He says, you know, the uh, in this week's Parsha, when this whole machlokas is brewing, the whole arguments are going that Dustin and Aviram and, and Korach are all going against Moshe Rabbeinu. And, you know, Korach had a reason. He had some legitimacy. He felt that his tribe should have been chosen as the his, his section of the family. Uziel, his father, was next in line to Amram, and that he should have been, someone in his family should have been chosen to be the Nasi, to be the head of the tribe, and instead they gave it to Elitzafan. I'm sorry, Uziel was not, his father's Yitzhar, sorry. Yitzhar was second in line to Amram, and there was a third brother, Elitzafan, who was later on, later in the family, and he was designated as the head of the tribe. So Korach said he had a righteous indignation, and he wanted to protest that perhaps um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't being fair, that, that he deserved the chalik. Again, very self-centered. Now, uh, Dustin and Aviram, for various reasons I won't go into, Moshe Rabbeinu sends messengers to them that he wants to speak to them. And we learned from this, Rashi brings down, from here we learn that when there's an argument going on, you shouldn't perpetuate the argument. So ask the Chassam Sofer, don't we know in general you shouldn't have an argument? We're told not to have an argument, but that he went to Dustin and Aviram to try to appease them. What's the great thing there? So Moshe did more than that, says the Chassam Sofer. Truthfully, there were three times in the Chumash that Dustin and Aviram tried to start up with Moshe Rabbeinu. Once was, um, you know, they went and told everybody, they started the Lush and Hara that Moshe killed an Egyptian. The second time when Moshe and Aaron left the house of Paro, they tried to make a, you know, rouse up everybody against Moshe that, see, we're still here in Mitzrayim. Look what you're doing. You're, you're just inciting Paro against us. And the third time was here in this week's Parsha that they tried again to instill an argument against Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, when somebody does something three times, it's called the chazaka. That means they are people. They're balei machlokas. These are people that always start up. We learned from here a new thing, says the chassam cipher. Even when people constantly start up with us, 
not just somebody, you know, we shouldn't get involved with the machlokas, you should try to make shalom, but even if there's somebody that has a chazaka of being a bamachlokas, even if there's somebody that's constantly making arguments, constantly inciting, constantly making trouble, you haven't, we learned from this, from Moshe Rabbeinu, that you are supposed to still try to make peace. You still can't give up. You still have to make peace at all costs. It's a big lesson for us to take away. So I thank you so much for listening to our three main messages about Rosh Chodesh, our little blurb about Korach. Thank you all for listening. You're wonderful people. And um, I enjoy speaking to you every week. And we hope, Amir Hashem, next week, we should be speaking from Yerushalayim with Meshach Tzikainu. But if not, we will be here. Same fantastic Rivka Shabsov who gives us this direction. Same great people and same great Chumash. Hopefully we will do, be doing the Parsha next week, Amir Hashem. I thank you for listening. Let's all have a very meaningful Rosh, Rosh Chodesh. Thank you. I have a question. Thank you.